0: Hello, my love tribe. Welcome to Heartblend Podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Christian, and I focus on emotional care and empowerment for empaths, sensitive souls, and those that resonate with my content through shifting your inner dialogue. So welcome. I'm excited because today we have a new topic that I really want to dive into, and I haven't quite heard or seen anyone talk about this in this way. And I think that it deserves a lot of our attention. And that is beauty healing. Yes, beauty. (laughs) Beauty is a 500 something billion dollar industry that we throw all of our money into just to be seen, just to feel beautiful, just to attract a mate, just to feel our best self, just to feel more confident, just to love the skin that we're in, we drop money on beauty, whether you like to admit it or not. So for this series, we are going to dive into beauty healing. So I'm going to talk to you in this episode about beauty wounds. I think that's something we should really give some attention to. We all have them then I will also focus on metaphysical beauty healing. And then I will also talk about manifesting beauty. Ooh, are you excited? I am. And who doesn't want to feel more beautiful? Even if we tell ourselves like, oh, beauty is overrated. We are designed to find beauty in all things. And I know that on the surface level, you know, beauty is something that is seen as very superficial or even um, with a sense of vanity. But the beauty that I'm really wanting to talk about is harmony. Beauty is when something is in harmony. That is true beauty. Now, trust me, this series is not going to be all about it's the inside that counts. (laughs) Because I know that when you don't feel beautiful and you want to feel beautiful, you want to look beautiful, that's the worst thing you can hear, right? And I know the feeling. Trust me, I have been there. I have gone through many beauty wounds and feeling that sense of low self-esteem, feeling unattractive, Feeling like I feel trapped in my own self. I don't like what I see in the mirror. I have been there. Absolutely. And I think it's been a big part of my journey with healing. So let's go ahead and dive in. What are beauty wounds? Let's start there. Beauty wounds, and you know, when I'm talking to you guys, I don't just cover the physical surface reasons behind things, even though I still do. But beauty wounds can be on the physical body the emotional body, and the mental body. Okay, so we can experience wounding in all of these different areas. So let's go over the physical beauty wounds. Now, this is the most obvious. Perhaps something happened to you, you went through a traumatic experience, and you feel that it took away your beauty. That is a beauty wound. Right? Although it is still a wound, it's a traumatic wound, the core that it taps into is your sense of beauty, right? So if you're in some type of car accident, if you even, God forbid, were victim to some type of violent attack or abuse, and it affected your skin or your features and made you feel or appear less beautiful. Maybe you suffered from some type of disease. For me, when I was just five years old, I got chickenpox. I think really that was my first beauty wound was chickenpox. And when I was growing up, we didn't have like the chicken pox vaccine. So it was very normal for kids my age to all get chickenpox. It was almost like a rite of passage in a way. But I really didn't understand what was happening. And being this little girl and looking in the mirror and seeing all of these scabs all over your face and all over your body and just seeing the oozing and all of that, I mean, it will scar you not just physically, but also mentally seeing yourself that way. And I still, to this day, 30 years later, still have scars from those chicken pox that have been imprinted on my skin. And so although I've learned to heal and to really ignore it and look past it, it still has affected me, I'm sure, absolutely, absolutely. And then from there, maybe it wasn't chickenpox, maybe it was acne. A lot of us have acne scarring. So if we were picking at our skin or we just had very severe acne that it just damaged the skin, that would also be considered a major beauty wound. Alopecia on the scalp, this is also a beauty wound. It could have been from a chemical burn or it could have been from stress, it could have been from an autoimmune disease could have been from anything, right? You know, if you've experienced this could be from something health related as well. So that is Affects our sense of beauty, our hair, our skin, our features. These are the things that really make us feel most beautiful. Our body also included. But the body is something that is so, so deep that I will need another series to really dive into the body and talking about gaining weight and losing weight. So we'll cover that in another series. And I know that does tap into beauty, but I really want to focus on the top priority areas for this series. So those are some examples of physical beauty wounds. So has something happened to you or maybe there is some type of discoloration or disfiguration through your birth? Who knows, right? But these are examples of physical beauty wounds, okay? Now, when we go below the surface, we're going to talk more about the mental beauty wounds. Mental beauty wounds are when you've been bullied or someone has conditioned you into believing that you're not beautiful. And that can be, if not more, damaging, right? Because when your mind believes that you're not beautiful, you create this trap for yourself. You will actually see yourself that way. The mind is incredible, but it can also be very destructive. And so the mind will warp your perspective of yourself and make you appear to yourself that you are less beautiful, even though on the outside, maybe, you know, someone says, Oh, no, I don't see anything, or you look fine. You're gorgeous, you're beautiful, you're handsome, whatever. And again, even though I'm saying beautiful, and that's oftentimes associated with the feminine energy, men also do suffer from beauty wounds, just throwing that out there. But mentally, have you been wounded? in your beauty. When you were a little boy or a little girl, did a family member or did someone pick on you or someone say something about you and made you feel insecure about your own appearance when there really wasn't even an insecurity to start off with? And kids can be brutal. (laughs) Growing up, I dealt with a lot of bullying myself. So I dealt with, you know, kids picking on me like, oh, and, and you know, what's crazy is like, I had such long, beautiful hair, but because a lot of the other kids couldn't imagine, uh, anybody with that thickness of hair and that length of hair and all the kids their age did not have that amount of hair. And kids that looked like me did not have that amount of hair. I was even picked on for having beautiful hair. I was, uh, they would say, Oh, you have a wig on or, Oh, that's not your real hair. Oh, you're wearing a weave. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and, and the sad part is, you know, my mom had worked so hard on just really taking care of my hair. But mentally, I think that, I was affected by it in such a way that I was starting to not value my hair and it's taken me forever. I don't think I've I've really even healed from that to be honest with you and you know there's some deep work that has to be done there but it can feel like again like you you just can't push past some certain things. So that could be an example of a mental beauty wound, or maybe someone makes fun of your physical features where there really isn't anything wrong with you, but for some reason, you know, that feeling of humiliation, feeling as though um, you're on display and people are pointing the finger and laughing at you. Or, oh, your nose is too big. Oh, your ears are too big. Oh, your eyes are too big or your eyes are too small or you have a big forehead or you have a big chin or you have weird eyebrows. I mean, I don't know. The list goes on and on, but there's always something that we're often picked on for. And, Even if we hit the, you know, gene lottery on beauty, there's always going to be someone that feels insecure to point something out to try to make you feel like them. So if you've experienced that, I am so, so sorry. And it is something that, you know, we get trapped into. We get trapped into ourselves, into a belief that we didn't even have to begin with. And again, what is so spectacular, crazy, and sad is that our minds are really so literal that when you internalize a belief and it becomes ingrained into your subconscious mind that subconscious mind communicates with all of your cells, all of your DNA, and those cells then (laughs) follow a blueprint that you create with your mind. And I know this sounds crazy to some people and it's hard to believe. It's like, no, these are my genes. This is what it is. Blah, 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 blah. You have so many genes and your genes can turn on and off depending on what is called epigenetics. And I think we focus on, you know, lifestyle, diet, and Uh, all that stuff, but stress also affects it. And so you are turning on and off different genes with your mind. Isn't that fascinating? And so if there's something, say for instance, you know, you really were fine as a kid, but you started to really hone in to this particular feature. And it's almost as if our subconscious mind tells the body to make it even stronger and when we draw more attention to something sometimes we talk about it or we uh, cover it up and it just makes it seem even bigger and then it's the only thing people can focus on or uh, I've talked to so many people where they're like oh I'm so insecure about um, this and that. I'm like, well, well, what is it? Cause I don't see anything They're like, oh, you see, see right here underneath like this, this extra layer of skin here below my chin. Do you see that? And I'm like, I, I didn't see it, but I mean, I guess. And so again, that mental beauty wound makes you just focus on it so much that you can't even enjoy your own life. Even as much as you try to, you try to fight against it, you try to say, oh, I mean, I'm fine. It's the inside that counts. Yeah, I accept myself. But when we really get down to the core of ourselves and we don't like what we see in the mirror, it's just not true. It's not true. And I'm here to release that judgment from you, that it's okay to feel like that. It's okay doesn't mean that it's healthy, but it's common. And the more that we cover things up and say, oh, you know, don't think like that, or oh, don't say that about yourself, the more we do it, right? And that's not the goal here. The goal is for us to really recognize it, go deep within and help us to heal it. That's my ultimate goal with every topic that I focus on is really healing the root cause. Okay. And Other examples of mental beauty wounds are going to be eating disorders, which also kind of bleed over into the emotional beauty wounds as well. But having a type of eating disorder where we see ourselves a certain way, maybe we even have body dysmorphia, right? Again, we're seeing a distorted image of ourselves and this can lean into us Starving ourselves, or even overeating, or bulimia, anything like that, where we prioritize our weight or you know our body image over everything, and it's a very uh, a trapped feeling. And I think that outsiders that have never experienced that, when they see someone that has a an eating disorder. They're like, well, I don't understand why I'm just eat, or well, what is the problem, and and we really don't understand psychologically how we've been affected, right? And it's not so easy. Again, I don't believe that anyone has enjoyment from having an eating disorder and, and that's a very serious topic. So I'm not going to even try to um, speak lightly of it because I know that it is something that is very, very serious. But again, I wanna give you examples of mental beauty wounds. Okay. Again, body dysmorphia is not just the eating disorders, but it can be excessive grooming. Like you feel one little one little thing you gotta, you know, get it removed or fix it. Or, you know, you feel like you have to constantly fix yourself, getting constant cosmetic procedures, like getting addicted to plastic surgery. Those types of things are examples of mental beauty wounds. And a lot of times, no matter what the wound is, it leads back down to low self-esteem, which is really the foundation and starting point for all mental disorders, believe it or not. So we can feel completely inadequate. And again, we have a lot of these beauty standards that are shoved in our faces through social media and whatever we are seeing, blah, blah, blah. That are super unrealistic. I mean, they're not even what they used to be uh, years ago, where it's like, nobody can even look like this unless we get plastic surgery, right? Like this is just not even normal. And I think if we were to go back like 50 years from now and look at the faces of today, we'd be like, huh? Like, what is this? (laughs) And when I see that, I mean, I think there's different Variations, right? We see people that is like, "Whoa, like, how are they so stunning?" And then we see people that it's like, "What? Why, why would you do that to yourself?" Like, I saw what you're going for, but it's just overkill. Like, it's just too much. And it's it's almost like, "Are you okay? Like, can you breathe with all of what you've done to yourself?" Right? But again, we get so trapped and we have this different image in our mind and what is so interesting to me is that a lot of times you know you'll see the before and after and many times the before picture the person has these natural features and and they just look so uh, authentic and soft and there's nothing wrong with their face at all but it's something that they see that that we can't see right So it's something that can definitely take a toll. And um, for me personally, I'm not against plastic surgery. I do think that healing needs to take place first as much as possible again, we're not all in each other's bodies. We don't have to wake up and look in the mirror and see what we see every day and feel unhappy. We don't have to carry around the trauma and the wounds and the mental voices that we carry within ourselves every single day and feel tormented by that. So I am not one to sit here and to, uh, Make anyone feel any type of way just for getting plastic surgery. If that's something that you feel that you know you, you want that would help with your confidence, then that's totally your discretion, right? But I think when we get addicted to it, that's when it becomes a bit of a problem. So just want to be mindful of that. And then the last mental beauty wound that I want to cover with you or an example is perfectionism. When we're constantly on the chase for having perfection in our appearance leads to more anxiety and self-criticism and we just don't feel satisfied with ourselves no matter what we do because we create this unattainable goal with our physical bodies that we just can't reach. And that's what I loved so much about talking with Elena, the face reader when she covered the power in your face, and the power in your features, and what your features mean, and really having a deeper understanding of that was so healing for me, you know, and I feel so much more confident knowing what the features mean, knowing that when you have a bit of a larger nose, that actually means leadership. When you have fuller lips, that means that you our speaker of love. When you have these thicker eyebrows, that means that you're a bit more, you know, on the productive and direct and confident side. And there's just so much to it. But I would highly suggest to check out that episode on the face reader because it was just so eye-opening for me because our faces tell a story. And when we go to change our faces without knowing the story, I think that we open ourselves up to having a story we don't know how to control because it's not in our natural blueprint, right? Okay. All right. That's my little soapbox for now. (laughs) Okay. So we covered quite a bit and up next, I want to cover emotional beauty wounds with you. And then we will also talk about destructive beauty wounding habits. So take a quick break, grab some water, and we'll be right back in just a brief moment. Hello, my love tribe. Welcome back. And now we're going to dive into the emotional beauty wounds. So we covered the physical, we covered the mental. When it comes to the emotional beauty wounds, this is oftentimes the effect of how we feel about those beauty wounds, right? Like we can look in the mirror and see the scars, we can see the disfigurations, we can see the hair loss, we can see the skin damage, we can see all of these things. We can go to the mind and we can think on those painful memories and we can hear that inner voice and that inner dialogue telling us that we're not beautiful. But when it comes down to the emotional beauty wounds, how do we feel? when we look at ourselves. Oftentimes, emotionally, we feel shame. We want to hide. We don't want to be seen. And shame is the lowest emotional frequency. Meaning you are so disconnected from yourself altogether that you don't even want to be seen. And in that state, we are not in alignment with our spirit we are not in alignment with our highest self and so feeling that what do you feel when it come what do you feel with the emotion of shame you feel isolation you feel a deep disconnection you can start to feel hatred and anger towards yourself you feel frustration Like, will this ever end? Will I ever look this certain way, right? And it can feel very depressing. I think sometimes, especially when we have scars, while some scars can be honorable because it shows that we survived something, scars can oftentimes also be reminders of a painful time. And to constantly be reminded of it emotionally creates this entrapment. So emotionally, again, we feel this, almost this heaviness. We feel like we can't accept ourselves and we don't allow anyone else to accept us either. Even when someone gives us a compliment and we have many beauty wounds or even just one major beauty wound, we can't accept it, right? Even if you say thank you, you know, internally, like, I don't mean that, right? Or I don't believe it, or I don't see it, or I don't know what you're seeing, you know? And so it can be really, really hard to overcome because. We get trapped into the illusion of our own image. When we're trapped in the illusion of our own image, we don't see anything else. We don't see our talent. We don't see our wisdom. We don't see our knowledge. We don't see our personality. We don't see what we bring to other people's lives, we just feel so trapped in this image and we miss out on our lives. We miss out on connection. We miss out on all the beautiful things that make life beautiful. And the ironic thing is, is that when we shift our emotions to something that is more positive, the beauty starts to turn. It's almost like that will of fortune, (laughs) starts to shift and it starts to alter our appearance so the more that we feel ashamed the more that we feel almost guilty of our appearance or the more that we want to hide the more that we don't want anyone else to accept us the more that we want to be isolated the lonelier we are the more unattractive we become and it creates this vicious cycle you almost have to reach this point emotionally to say enough already. I don't care if I look like Quasimodo. I'm just going to live my life. I want to be free. I'm tired of feeling in bondage in my own image, right? Maybe, you know, uh, again, maybe we feel like we look old. Who knows? A lot of times we associate youth with beauty. It's not just only our you know skin and hair but maybe we have lots of wrinkles or whatever it is maybe our face is sagging our body is sagging we just don't look as vibrant or youthful as we used to though this can go on forever but emotionally it cripples our soul and it disconnects us entirely And it can lead to depression. And we also don't want to be close to anyone. We don't want to be intimate with anyone. Even if it's just intimate friendships. We just don't want any parts of it. Because we don't want to be seen. We want to be invisible. Have you ever wanted to be invisible? I have. I'm like, I just don't want anybody to see me. When I was a teenager, I had cystic acne and so with cystic acne, it's so severe and the swelling is so bad that it disfigures the face. So I would get these cysts like on my forehead and it would be so large that it would start to cave into my eye and would have all the swelling where my eye couldn't even open. Or I would have it so severe on my chin and my chin would almost be like, pointed on one side. And you just feel like a monster when you look in the mirror. And God forbid someone say something about it. Because then you have this confirmation, the validation from someone on the outside of you to confirm, yes, I do see it. You're like, oh my gosh, don't look at me, right? So the thing is, a lot of times we heal the physical beauty wounds. But the emotional scarring, the mental scarring remains. And this is what leads into what's called the ugly duckling syndrome. And the sad part about the ugly duckling syndrome is that it constantly eats away at you. It lowers your sense of self-worth. And because it lowers your sense of self-worth, other people pick up on that. People are constantly looking for someone else to have power over for some reason <laughs> even though it is such an illusion that men or women or whoever they will seek out people who have the ugly duckling syndrome because on the outside they look great so it makes them feel good it validates them like hey i can get somebody that's attractive but they know that you don't know your self worth so it allows for them to treat you however they want to it allows for them to feel more secure that you're not going to be too confident or attract someone else, that it's going to make you think that they are the best thing in the world. So these are the damaging effects that it causes when we have beauty wounds and they can carry with us through our entire lives, mentally and emotionally. So I wanted to touch base on that. And I think this is a really strong opportunity for us to heal our beauty wounds. But before we do that, I do want to touch base on some destructive beauty habits. So what are destructive beauty habits? Skin picking. Do you pick at your skin? Oh my gosh, I used to pick at my skin all the time. And sometimes it's just hard to resist, especially if you get a pimple or something that just feels uncomfortable or your skin doesn't feel as smooth or you look in the mirror. Oh my gosh, how many of us have those like big magnifying mirrors or even worse, I have a freaking microscope pen (laughs) so you can dissect every pore. And then you just, you look at that and you're like, I just want it out. Like you're just constantly wanting that skin to be perfect, so what happens is we damage the skin more. So we start digging into the skin and oh, oh my goodness, it creates even bigger problems. So I know there's different kinds of skin picking. Sometimes there's literally nothing there. And sometimes we create a scab just to have something to pick at. So sometimes that could be a habit of skin picking. It can also be that you just can't resist Anything on your face, a pimple, an ingrown hair or anything like that, you don't like the way it feels. It hurts, right? You just want it out. So you can go into deep skin picking and you can keep digging and digging and digging into the skin until you reach that root of whatever it is that is creating the issue for you. But then you're left with the deep scars where the skin cannot heal. So this happened to me. When I was about 13, again, had really bad acne. And so on my nose, I had a really large pimple, but I didn't really know how to care for my skin. I didn't know what to do. I was looking at like remedies. I'm like, put toothpaste on it. Do this, do that. I'm like, oh, I just want it gone. I don't like looking at it, right? I would get like these kind of like a burn, but I would keep picking at it. And I remember wanting to just get down to the root of that bump that I would spend hours just trying to get to it. And to this day, I have an indentation and scar that's there. Or now I have to go and get some kind of surgery or, or treatment, expensive treatment just to have it minimized and it will never look the way it did before. And so I just constantly have those reminders that's there. So if there's anyone out there that's dealt with that I'm here with you. I understand how that feels. Another destructive beauty habit is hair pulling. Do you pull your hair? Now, a lot of times, again, when it comes to these destructive habits, sometimes it's not in an effort to try to look better. Sometimes it is an effect of anxiety, of just some type of um, stress or anything like that. Sometimes stress triggers a feeling, right? So when it comes to hair, if you pull your hair, sometimes if you're under a lot of stress, the scalp starts to itch, in maybe a certain spot, or maybe you even have a texture of hair in certain areas that you don't like feeling the texture. So you pull it out, or maybe pulling different strands of hair gives you a certain relief. I remember just about, this is roughly about 10 years ago, there was this beautiful girl and she had long, dark hair. I think she dyed it, but she had long hair and she started to wear extensions. And over time, I noticed she would sit at her desk and she would just pull her hair and there would be long, I mean, her hair was maybe down to her tailbone and there'd be these long strands of hair. And, And I was like, okay, I don't know what's going on there. <laughs> Maybe she's just under a lot of stress. Well, turns out she was actually cheating on her husband at work. And she was just under so much guilt. And that guilt was eating away at her and guilt has a way of creating this eating feeling an eating away at you feeling where you feel almost an itching like you have bugs eating away at you. And she was pulling her hair out And he got to a point where she literally had bald patches all over her head. This was a young woman. She was maybe 25 years old. She had just gotten married, but she was dealing with cheating for some reason. She had a very compulsive type of behavior. And her husband, uh, I think, was trying to be as supportive as he could. He didn't know about the cheating, I don't believe, but he was trying to say like, oh, maybe your job is too stressful. Like, you know, you don't have to work and I'll take care of you, blah, blah, blah. And it was just, it was so sad to see because I could see what was happening. I could see that, you know, she would go off with these men, come back, the man will come back, you know, and it's like, that's very obvious. And then the constant hair pulling. And it was just so sad. Um, Besides that, sometimes it's not guilt. Sometimes it's stress. And sometimes, for me personally, I would have different stress spots on my scalp. Now, what I recently learned was that if you have any stress or strain on your neck or different areas of your spine, and if you get a pinched nerve, that pinched nerve contains blood flow, right? So if that blood is not flowing and those different nerves goes to different areas of your scalp, well, your scalp isn't going to get those nutrients. And it doesn't matter what shampoo you use. It doesn't matter what oils you use. It doesn't matter how many vitamins you take. Sometimes there's another issue that's there that we haven't necessarily discovered yet. And so this is something that's recent for me that I just learned. And I'm like, I have been dealing with hair loss in one particular area for years and I thought oh maybe it's because of the products maybe it's because of too much heat maybe it's because of this or that but the hair feels so entirely different from the rest of the scalp that I I knew something's wrong but I just didn't know what it was. I come to find out, I had a very strong pinched nerve in my neck that's been there for a very long time. And so, getting the neck into alignment will take some relief, some weight off of that nerve, so the nerve can start to have a stronger blood flow. That will create more growth in the hair. But the hair itself feels very brittle, it's very dry and it's very rough feeling and I don't like feeling that so when I feel stressed also it would start to itch in that area and I would just kind of just really mess with that area quite a bit which didn't help the growth of the hair either so sometimes it's like a texture feeling and when you feel stressed you know you just touch that area you pull it you know and you don't like the way it feels That could also be a determining factor and reason towards hair pulling as well. So that could also be a reason. Another destructive beauty habit is nail biting. So when we bite our nails, oftentimes the metaphysical reason behind this means to be in spite of a parent. So maybe there's a parent that really gets under your skin. They may not even be around, but maybe the words they've said, maybe just certain things that have been stuck in your mind, and you may not even realize that are coming from them. But it's a thought that you have, a belief that you have, but it did come from them. You just don't realize it. We will start biting our nails. Just so I don't have this habit. So this is the one thing out of many destructive beauty habits that I don't have, uh, but it is very common for a lot of people to bite their nails. So yes, we have to be careful with that because then we can get infections in our nails and all kinds of crazy things. Now, some other destructive beauty habits can also just be bad lifestyle habits that we have that affect our beauty, such as smoking. Smoking creates a lot of wrinkles, yellowing of the teeth. It can also make our hair uh, very dull and we can experience hair loss excessive sun exposure. If we're just constantly out in the sun, baking our skin, we get that leathery skin, especially if we have less melanin in our skin, less protection in our skin. And that can also increase the risk of skin cancer when we have a poor diet. So again, I know that uh, it's like a diet could be a lifestyle, but we can get addicted And it can become habitual very easily to have a poor diet. So eating a lot of sugary snacks, high processed foods, unhealthy fats, all of this can contribute to the acne, the dull complexion, inflammation in the body, inflammation in the skin. It can also lead to brittle hair, weak nails, and just overall poor quality in our appearance. Lack of sleep. Oh my goodness. If you don't get enough sleep, this will really, really, they don't call it beauty sleep for nothing. So, not getting enough sleep will also lead to dark circles with our eyes and a dull complexion. And we can just look very stressed and aged and tired in our face. And it also leads to weight gain as well. I don't think a lot of people realize that, but not getting enough sleep drastically slows down your metabolism because you're not able to heal and get the body recharged and rejuvenated. And so it can be really, really damaging for us. Excessive alcohol can really age you big time. It can dehydrate your body and your skin and just leave you with a dull complexion. And it can also lead to a lot of redness and broken uh, like veins and capillaries in the skin as well. Lack of hydration, not drinking enough water also leads to dehydration as well. So it can make us look less plump and you know not have enough collagen in our skin as well. And then we also may have a habit of neglecting our skincare, just not removing our makeup before bed, using really harsh chemicals, uh, not moisturizing our skin properly can just lead to clogged pores and just our skin not looking the best. Also not changing our sheets or changing our pillowcases also leads to lack of skincare as well. And also, with our hair, if we use too much heat now. I personally use heat on my hair about once a week, but if we are excessive with the heat styling with flat irons and curling irons and blow dryers, it can really damage the hair, making it dry and brittle and prone to damage if we're doing this every day. You may feel even addicted to constantly, you know, using heat on your hair every day will make the hair really dry and brittle. Almost think of it as having a piece of silk and you keep running this iron on it on high heat constantly, it's going to weaken the integrity of the hair. So those are some examples of some destructive beauty habits. Do you have any of those? And how do you feel? Like how does it affect you? And what's really going through your mind when you're experiencing These habits. Again, a lot of times we don't even make the solid connection that's affecting our appearance until we see the aftermath, right? When it comes to beauty healing, healing is the main key here. So, when we're healing, we have to give ourselves enough time, we have to give ourselves enough patience, we have to really have grace with ourselves, we have to express compassion and empathy. And so, healing has to take place if we want to heal our beauty instead of trying to force it and make it into something that is not ready to be at that time so i hope that you all enjoyed this thank you so much for tuning in definitely stay tuned for more as we are here every tuesday at 6 a.m eastern standard time this is Heartland podcast